Welcome everybody back to Friar Talk. Today we're going to be doing an episode a little bit different than normal. Going to be kind of giving our our injury and spring training updates, final updates of spring training, um, and then after that, since you know season's right around the corner, we're going to do our top five players at every single position in the MLB, which will be pretty fun. I'm um, going to talk about a lot of guys non-Padre related. Maybe you will see the Padre bias. Maybe you will not. Maybe you will think that maybe maybe we're we're too low on some of these guys in the Padres, but we will see that later on in the episode. Um, but I figured we'll talk about kind of the injuries. Uh, we'll talk about Jay Groom not making the, ro- the roster and Ryan Weathers making the roster over him because I think that we all, I don't know, I have a strong opinion on it. Me and Chase were talking before the show. Chase, you have a strong opinion on it too. So I think that's super interesting. Um, also, yeah, shout out San Diego State in the Final Four. Uh, my, my stepbrother goes to San Diego State, so he's super pumped. Um, I feel like that was not expected. I don't know. Have you Have you guys been following the tournament? Yeah, man, yeah. they've been they've been fun to watch. They're they're just really good defensively, right? Isn't that the thing? They're really, yeah, they're really good defensively. What was that, Chase? I was gonna say my cousin went to SDSU, so he's a big SDSU guy. He he's going, he's ecstatic right now. Um, I know the final call was a little controversial. If you guys didn't see that, um, he got called for a foul for pushing him in the torso on his final yeah. shot, and so called it and he got the free throw in yeah fouls a foul unfortunately just happened in the biggest moment of the game mm-hmm. see i didn't i missed the last game but i saw i saw one the other day so i haven't been too up to date but if we go justin says he eliminated scsu in the first round of his bracket so he, he missed a little bit there I have, a lot of people did yeah i have one of my friends he he bets on on college basketball a bunch and he has literally bet against San Diego State against the spread every single week, every oh single game, and God. lost every single time, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, I thought that was amazing. But yeah, so non-San Diego State related, shout out them though, because I feel like that's just something really cool, especially because like San Diego sports was, was kind of in a transition over the last like five, 10 years. So cool to see, cool to see them doing well in what San Diego State bets in college basketball. Like, so it's, it's cool to see that. But um, injury related, I feel like the big name, Juan Soto, I guess you could also toss in Joe Musgrove there. Um, I'm not expecting Joe Musgrove to start to start like to start the season. Um, it does seem like Ryan Weathers is going to take his spot for Soto. Are you guys expecting Soto to play on Thursday? And if opening day for the Padres is not Thursday, then Friday. I do. Um, I know there was a tweet that just came out and said basically a video saying uh, he basically feels like he's ready to go. The guy says he's ready to go. He's ready to go. Hopefully he is there. Um, if not, I don't. I don't think he's more than like three games out from like out of the season. I think any more than that, and you're just giving him too much rest. He says he's ready to go. He's ready to go. Yeah, he played in the in the B game today. Apparently, he was doing Soto things. So um, it was a very minor oblique injury, and uh, I mean, it seems like he's gonna be ready to go. Which is clutch because we were talking about this before, but this Padre season got so hyped up and for a very fair reason. I mean, this roster is absolutely incredible. I feel like if you would ask any of us five, ten years ago, we would have been like, yeah, okay, this is not going to be – the Padres are not going to be have this good of a roster. Padres were like a team, at least for us growing up, where it's like, yeah, maybe they'll have some type of crazy Cinderella story run. And that was yeah. about all of the hope that you had there, not like, is this roster the best roster in the MLB? Because that's the question now. Um, and it would have really sucked to not have Soto and Tatis opening day. And I mean, and Musgrove as well. 
Um, it just not like it would have really mattered, but it would have just kind of been like, I mean, you guys know, like opening day is so exciting. Like opening day is the, the fir- first game of the season. Everyone has a chance, you know, everyone has a shot. So I feel like having Soto, I feel like it means something maybe more like not, not actually means something, but it means something to like the fans and like emotionally it kind of means something. So I, I hope he's able to play. I expect him to play as well. Um, but outside of that, what do you guys think about this move of, Ryan Weathers getting the nod to start instead of Joe Musgrove. I'm sorry, instead of Jay Groom in Joe Musgrove's spot. How do you feel? Because I don't understand it. So I'm just going to say the stats out loud. It's basically saying the quiet powder out loud. So one guy, uh, they pitched for five games. They lost one. 129 ERA, 14 innings pitch, 13 strikeouts, a 1.5 whip. The other guy, five games, one and one, four nine one ERA, fourteen point two innings pitch, twenty strikeouts, and a one point five seven ERA. Based off of that, would you go with player A or player B? I go with player A. I'm sure, he doesn't have as many strikeouts, but he had a lower WHIP and he had a lower ERA, which is probably the most important fact. Hmm. Player B has already had MLB experience, and that's the only edge that you can give him. And when he was in the MLB, my God, he was just getting ran through by lineups. It was unfair. It was borderline abuse on the Padres for what they did to that man. Um, I think you had to go and give it to Jake Groom. And apparently off a strong, strong spring, which was like a five ERA, they gave it to Ryan Weathers. I know it does it, – I feel like they just did a disjustice towards uh, Jake Groom. He turned his spot, he earned his way onto the roster, and they gave it to the other guy because of either big league experience or me and Matt were talking about this earlier, possible trade bait. That's it. That makes a lot of sense, too. Um, there's also, I mean, Jake Groom did have prospect capital before, but there's also a sense of prospect capital. Like, all right, this guy was – one of the top guys in our system at one point. So let's hope we can get him out there and do and you know, get him to that point again. So there's prospect capital in there. Um, the ERA, the spring training ERA definitely tells a whole different story where Jay Groom was kind of significantly better than Ryan Weathers outside of the strikeout department where Ryan Weathers struck out 20 in 14 innings. Um, Jay Groom was a little, had a little bit of control issues what was it 14 walks and 10 or 10 walks and 14 something like that but other than that i mean he looked pretty good with his um with his stuff um i wasn't old enough to watch him play at qualcomm justin um but neither of us were um but yeah i mean i'm not really mad about it i'm kind of excited to see what ryan weathers is gonna do um whether he gets rocked or not i guess doesn't matter to me um joe muscov is gonna be back soon so it's only one start or maybe two starts that we have to go through with him. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how that goes just because he did have that prospect capital. He did have that, you know, little stint where he looked pretty good. Even if the advanced stats told us it was, it wasn't going to keep up. He looked pretty good. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's young. He has, he had the potential at one point. I don't see how it could just go away. And, you know, the, the Padres at the end of the day do have all the, advanced statistics all these different things telling them what what uh you know showing them what they maybe want to see out of ryan weathers that kind of perplex them to say hey you know let's give them let's give them that start so i'm not mad about it 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm mad about it. I feel like I'm more just, like, confused about it. Like, how Chase – I mean, Chase is bringing the numbers. Wh- which guy has been better? Like, mm-hmm. which guy do we think is going to be better? And I feel like all of us have – I don't want to say we've written Ryan Weathers off, but I feel like we all felt like Ryan Weathers got a little bit overrated too early or maybe just, like, hyped up a little bit too much because he had some early success, even though the advanced metrics kind of told you, like, yeah, hey, he's going to come back down to earth. Then he struggled massively, and now he's kind of on a little bit of like, okay, let's see what you got. Let's have a little comeback. Um, And Jay Groom, on the other hand, it's like this guy's, you know, he was drafted high, which Ryan Weathers was also drafted high. But the big thing is we haven't seen Jay Groom. Like we want to see Jay Groom. Can Jay Groom come in and be an impact player? And that's what I think we all kind of were expecting and hoping for. And I think we all thought that he was going to make the the roster over – Julio Tehran and Ryan Weathers. And then now Ryan Weathers makes the roster. So, um, Jesus asked this question. He says, do you think this is his last chance to prove himself in the big leagues? And I feel like maybe not in the big leagues would, would be my main question. My main question would be, is this his last chance to prove himself for the Padres? Because I think you kind of brought up how it could be like trade bait type situation. Well, it could be a situation where, hey, if he's not good, they're going to give up on him and they're going to trade him. So it could be almost like if you play well, then maybe we move you. But also if you don't play well, then we're also moving on from you. So I think this is his last chance in terms of like, if he goes out there and he's awful, then like he's like really on his last straw with the Padres organization. I don't think it would be his last chance in the big leagues because people are always going to take chances on guys. Like you're going to have to have a lot of struggles uh, before everyone like writes you off, especially like Ryan Weathers, high draft capital has had some success, you know, stuff like that. Um, But I do think it's really interesting to see what happens to Ryan Weathers after the start. And if this is just a thing of like, let's just give him one start to see what he has. And then we'll kind of adjust after that, which I think it's going to be, but I did find it really odd that if, you know, you look at spring training and stuff and you're like, yeah, he wasn't as good as Jay Groom, yet Jay Groom doesn't get the nod. And maybe it's also one thing where they're like, look, what is what is Jay Groom going to come up and do in one start? Like, how important is that to us as an organization? Like, we know what this guy has. We know what he can work on in the minors before we want him coming up. Whereas it's like, Ryan Weathers, the time is coming. It's coming down to the wire. And I feel like that's more about what this move is. Um, even though it is interesting, but I am excited to see Ryan Weathers and see like, you know, he has a new arm angle, stuff like that. Um, has some more velocity on his fastball. I feel like before he was, his, his fastball was just going right down the middle and guys were just teeing off on it. So I am excited to see what he looks like, but I just thought it was a little bit odd with that. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, also, do you guys think he starts? He's got to start, right? Like he, he's got to get a start because Justin asked this, if he's going to piggyback uh, Lugo or Martinez, I feel like they're all going to get a start. That would be my guess. As you were thinking? Go for it, Jace. Hello. Uh, Chase. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. It, I'm a little behind. Okay. Don't worry. Um, chance to be a Padre starter, but I don't think it's his last time – to be a Padre. I think, you know, he still has value in the bullpen. I mean, you do need another lefty in there. You're probably not going to get Pomerantz back. Morton Hone is hurt. And you probably need another high-velocity lefty guy. And we've seen Weathers be able to fit that profile before. So even if 
he fails as a starter, there might be some value as a reliever, which I don't know if that increases or decreases his trade value if he succeeds to be a reliever. I mean, it definitely hurts his value because he's a failed starter, but if he becomes a successful reliever, it probably either stays the same or increases it just a little bit. But I think this is his last chance to be a starter on the Padres for sure. 100%. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because he's so young and – you know, the first time he was up there, he was, what, 20, 21 years old? And the poor guy was getting teed off on. I mean, there was a game after he pitched against the Rockies in Colorado where he looked like he was on an hour of sleep after getting sl- hammered one night. Um, yeah, he, he looked bad. But uh, it's unfortunate because he's so young, and this might legit be his last chance with the Padres in terms of being in the starting rotation. Um, and it's it sucks because he's so adamant and his family is so adamant on him being a starter. And I really do think he could be a pretty good reliever. Um, and, and that's not that's not a knock. I mean, if, if you're going to be a good reliever at the big league level, then that that's a good thing to me. That's that's a good career. Um, but for him, it seems like he's adamant on being a starter. And the Padres generally have a short a short leash if 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 you don't succeed. Um, within this short time frame and it's unfortunate because you know it takes guys some time to succeed and they go off somewhere else and they end up performing but the Padres in general do seem to have somewhat of a short leash um, when it comes to some of these prospects especially um, you know we, we've seen it before but um, yeah this could be the last chance for the Padres as a starter yeah I, I mean Outside of that, because I, th- I think you guys are exactly right. I think I think maybe more for starter than like on the Padres, but there's also the chance they could be looking to move on from him as well. But it, yeah. it does feel like it's more about him being a starter at this point. Like, all right, here, here's your last kind of shot at, at that role. Um, outside of that, I feel like the only other spring training kind of like updates and stuff that's really noteworthy is Fernando Tatis started out spring slumping super heavy. He has been on an absolute tear lately. And we've got two really good spring performances from Trent Grisham and Luis Campusano, which I know you don't want to look into spring numbers, but like you can't help but feel encouraged about that. Like you can't feel like because if either of those guys improves a lot, that's so huge. Because those are two positions where you might have the least production out of out of all of your spots, right? Like, think about it. Who's gonna who's gonna put up the worst numbers offensively? Probably the center field and catching no, spots this year. So if either of those guys turns out to do something good, I think that's huge. So I, I think that's a really big, like at least an encouraging sign on like maybe more for Grish. I don't know. I feel like maybe more for Grisham because like we know can't can't be like his bat is gonna probably play. Um, I don't think I don't think spring training's doing too much to like prove Campy where with. Maybe not Grisham either, man. Now I'm just talking myself out of it. But like with with Grisham, like we just want to see Grisham succeeding. And I feel like he goes so up and down. But if we can see Grisham be more consistent, like that's going to go such a long way. So if, if Grisham starts the year and he's doing pretty good, not like his ridiculous where like Grisham gets like super insanely hot for like a week. Not like that. But I mean, like he has like a good first month where he's like hitting like a pretty like consistent line where it's not like, oh, look, he had like, you know, the first week of, of the season, he hit 450 and had six home runs. And then after that, he hit 50 in the next three weeks. Like, that's a problem. He's like, he'll do that. So, I don't know. Isaac, what was that? 
You're talking about him hitting 456 home runs first week? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> Bonds, bro. That's like well, bonds but that's the thing. He'll do that and then he'll hit six home runs in three games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys right, remember when thing, that happened? Yeah, that's the thing is that for Trent Grisham, it's not it's not something that's that's out of the ordinary. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty big for Trent Grisham because it, it for. From what he said, it's not a matter of his. I think he has a skill set to to play, you know, a solid to be a solid center fielder, to be a solid, valuable piece to the team. It it just seems like he was so out of whack mentally at the plate. He was so checked out mentally at the plate, and and he said that it's it's affected him pretty bad. And he just needs to get that confidence under his belt again to be able to perform at the plate. So, um, you know, hopefully, spring training is going to help him get that back. Chase, any thoughts on on Campy or Grish? So I see Daniel's comment saying Grish will be better than last year. It's almost guaranteed. <laughs> he was so bad. It's, it's like it's not guaranteed. How much better are we talking? He's going to make an impact on how he actually like affects the team, or is it just going to be? Okay, he went from hitting 180 to 200, and there was he did better, but there was no significant impact to his game. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what everyone's talking about. Like, yeah, he has to be better than last year. If there's no way he could be worse, right? Well, I don't want to write that away, but we've also seen Grish's stats through a full 162 games. And if we combine it with the half a year before that, it's like 170 batting average and like a six something OPS. It's getting really hard to say he can't be worse when he has shown us that for 200 plus games, he can hit 170. So as much as I want him to bounce back, I'm not getting my hopes up too high just because of the history there. Though with Campy, I've seen him in two spring training games this year, and my God, both times he's hit absolute tater shots of home runs. I mean, lasers out of the park quickly. It looks like he's starting to adjust it. When he makes contact with the ball, it's loud, it's hard, it's going, you know. Um, Hopefully, I I think Nola's going to be ready by opening day. Hopefully they give him like an extra week to rest, you know, get, you know, everything dealt with you know getting hit in the face is a pretty big deal especially by yeah. a 90 fastball so hopefully they give him like another week's rest see what campy has at the beginning of the season if campy starts off hot then you know maybe maybe you go the three two and then let campy dh some days but hey um hopefully campy gets some actual reps i think that's going to be the most important thing for the season Hundred percent. I feel like we're all like, not to rip on Nola, but like, I feel like we're all like, all right, let's let's see some reps from Campy. Like, Let, let's get some power at the plate. Is more so my thing. Do you think that there was a time when Campy had a earlier ETA than Tatis? Like, I'm dead serious. There might have been. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, there might have been. It may have been by like a year. A year. Yeah, but if not, they were really close having the same year yeah it's just it's weird it's weird we've just been waiting so long (laughs) what was campy's eta 2022 i think so yeah i think it was 20 
Maybe, yeah. But it could have been. I mean, it could have been twenty twenty one. Like, how old is he now? He's he's like early twenties. He's twenty three. I think he's okay. So yet. probably twenty twenty two. That seems about right. So mm, probably last yeah. year. And I guess he did play a little bit. I mean, he had like what, like three or four at bats in twenty twenty. I think it was. Yeah. And then he didn't play at all in twenty twenty one. And then last year he got a few at bats as well. Or no, maybe no. He did play a little bit in twenty twenty one at the beginning. He did at the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was like a giant gap for a while. Mm, um, yeah. Or maybe he didn't even play last year. I'm trying. To... No, he did. I think a little bit. He he was on the team last year. He always comes up for like a week. Yeah. He he played. I remember specifically playing in May in the Giant series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. Um, but yeah, a- anything else spring related that you guys have? Because I feel like I feel um, people, people talking about opening day. Is it gonna rain? It sounds like it's gonna rain, which, yeah. is, which sucks. Yeah, ninety percent chance over here in San Diego. Ninety percent chance of rain. Um, Robert Suarez, for anyone who doesn't know, he's gonna start the season on the IL. Um, it looks like Runet Odor is probably gonna make the team. Um, other than that, no, no, no really big spring training updates. Fernando looks good. Um, Soto's healthy. Manny and Xander are going to do their thing. And, um, it looks like we got the deciding f- the decision when it comes to that last roster, or that last starting rotation spot. That's about it. Yeah. I feel like that was, I feel like those two Odor making the roster is kind of like the question mark of like, who's going to be the kind of your depth infielder that makes it. Um, and then who is going to come in and have that that first start early on? I guess the only other kind of question that we're seeing roster-wise is who is going to um, make the bullpen, I guess. But yeah. Morahone's also hurt. So Morahone's out. And Suarez is out. And Palm's out. Or and Palmerans is out. So, like, there's three guys that aren't there. So, like, I feel like it, the numbers start like, okay, wait, this guy is going to make it. Um, Nabil is going to make it kind of, you just kind of start going, okay, this is more of a numbers game. And now these guys are not here. Um, so yeah, I feel like we'll just kind of get like the final, the final roster getting released, but I feel like we kind of already know who it's going to be. Um, but yeah, so, so who I know think, that later, what were you going to say, Chase? So who do you think starts the first 20 games in Tatis's spot? Carpenter, right? Uh, I, I think it's going to be a mix of uh, Azokar and Dahl. So you think they're going to immediately do a platoon for DH between Carpenter yeah, and Yeah, kind of figured Dahl. Dahl strikes out a lot, but and he, and he cooled off since the beginning of his hot spring, but he, he has he's shown a little bit of power. I think they're going to give him a chance. How is Adam Engel done? I haven't kept up on him. He's hurt. He got hurt again. He's hurt. Yeah. Never mind then. Yeah. That'll be explained why I haven't heard him. It, if he was healthy, he's he was going to make the roster. Over yeah. Dahl, you think? Over someone, but I mean, because he he posted good numbers in 2021. 2022 was pretty bad, but I think he was like almost guaranteed to at least get a spot. But I mean, shoot, he came into spring training hurt. He came back for a little bit and then got hurt again. So never really came to fruition. Yeah, he just wasn't. That sucks. Um, yeah, we'll see. What dolls got? See, I thought that they were going to put Carpenter in the outfield, and then have Cruz DH. That would have been my guess. And then like also like mix in Azokar a little bit, and have Doll somewhat. Mm-hmm. I mean, nope. I mean, it's going to be some variation. It's not like it's going to be every single day. It's the same group. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think I don't know. For me, I feel like, and tell me if you guys are feeling different, but I feel like knowing who's going to 
be the primary DH is kind of a big is like the biggest question mark with Tatis. And then like who's gonna be like kind of your depth pieces? But like you look at the infield. Okay, we, we know who's in the infield, right? Like the the only kind of question is like if someone gets hurt, who's gonna substitute in? Who's gonna move positions? You know, like how how are guys gonna bounce around? It's kind of the only stuff there, but I feel like for the DH spot, like what is that platoon gonna look like with Carpenter and, and Cruz? Because one of those guys might ball out. Yeah, and I feel like yeah. that's kind of the thought with it. It's like we got these two guys, one of them needs to be a really impactful bat. Yeah. And I mean that that's the hope for sure. And uh that's a good thing about I mean, we don't have the craziest depth. We have a good amount of depth, especially in the bullpen. So, like, even with three guys going down in the bullpen, I'm still really confident. I mean, Fangraphs has us as the second-best bullpen in baseball. Um, so I- I'm really confident in that group. But, you know, that's kind of the saying that that goes in the league is, you know, it's a 26-man roster, but realistically you're going to need 40 guys, 50 guys throughout the season to kind of get you through that season. So um, that's why the depth is so important. I just counted it. It's actually 18. Yeah. yeah. That's that's where you're going to see a six-man rotation. I think that is a guarantee yeah. you will see a six-man rotation. For basically right for off the bat. Days. Yeah. We play Colorado. Yeah, we play Colorado twice. We play Arizona twice. We have April 5th off, and then we don't get another day off until the 23rd. Or actually the 24th because we play the 23rd. Dang, that's Could long. That is long. That's lit. Right off, <laughs> right off the bat. I see this take on on Carpenter. I, I think I'm honestly thinking about it more. We probably don't want Carpenter in the outfield pro same with Nelson no. Cruz. <laughs> Definitely not Nelson I Cruz. That, but I was like, you know, they do have him listed uh, listed as a right fielder. But I was like, that'd be like Nelson Cruz playing right field. He's probably yeah. a little. You don't want to see it either way. It's more likely you see Carpenter at third. Even then, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Dude, Carpenter kind of can play a lot of spots, or, or could play a lot of spots, huh? I'm trying to think back. Like, maybe not that good, but you could play him. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of DH. like bouncing around. DH mm-hmm. first, just make it easy. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. And then you can also, then you can also move Cronenworth around. Hey, Crone, you're playing left today. He hasn't played left in like months, you know, like years, and he'll probably just pick it up too. Like, I feel like there's just yeah. some guys that are like, like, like Crone is a legit super utility player. I, oh, I, yeah. I feel like we might see him a little bit more like that, where it's like, man, he has a day off. Are right, you going to play short today? Are right, you going to play second today? I, then, I would, it would be cool if we saw, if he played something like six positions throughout the year, like he like popped in like right one game or like left or something. I don't know. I think that's cool. So, I mean, Really, the only guys that can't play multiple positions are the catchers and Grisham. I mean, Soto can play the corners. Well, Grisham could. He could play right. He could play right, but you just wouldn't it. play him right. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. So there's a lot of positional versatility. You know what doesn't make any sense? Hmm. The MLB's listing of players. No, I agree. Is a right fielder. He's listed under the MLB as a right fielder, but Jordan and Michael Brantley are listed as DHs. I don't know how it goes, bro. So Jordan plays more outfield than Carpenter, right? Like significantly more. Yes. 
That's weird. I feel like it's like, I I feel like it's kind of random. Also, right here, apparently Carpenter's listed as a third base and I'm going to be the show. <laughs> Good thing it's new and they have found investments. That's true. That's very true. Um, yeah, see, Alex says we need Nelson Cruz to start. Um, and then Justin says you need you guys have flashbacks to Nelson Cruz in the 2011 World Series. Um, let's just hope it doesn't go I down probably now. Didn't watch the 2011 World Series. <laughs> it was the Rangers, right? Yeah, yeah I mean that's... Rangers Cardinals. Okay, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I don't remember that 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 what happened, but um... I think it was a freeze hit. That was the that was year when freeze was going crazy, right? 2011. Oh, it was 2011 or 2010. I forget. Dude, that dude. Oh my god. Talk about like postseason heroics. <laughs> Just like straight magic. Um, but yeah, so I think um real quick before we get into top fives, I think rest of the week for us, uh, we're gonna do like a Padre season kind of season preview episode on Wednesday. Not a live, just a regular episode. And then either Thursday or Friday. It's really just going to depend on when this game is played. Hopefully, somehow they play it on Thursday, but it doesn't really seem like that. Uh, we will do a post game live for uh, for that opening day, and then on, on Wednesday, we'll also in that video kind of like season preview episode. Um, we'll kind of explain to you guys what our schedule is going to look like and stuff like that. Channel updates, all that, because um, we're going to start picking up again because season's here and it's it's an exciting time. But um, with that said, let's let's get into these top fives, yeah. Um, starting, so, so basically what we're going to do is we're going to go through them all quickly, just real quick, kind of rapid fire. Like I'll list, I'll, I'm going to start with the starting pitchers. I'll list all the starters, get your guys takes on it super fast. Um, and then Chase will go next. He'll do catchers, Isaac first base. And we'll just kind of go in a circle and just kind of rip through them like that. Um, starting pitchers, our top five starting pitchers, Sandy Alcantara, Corbin Burns, Jacob deGrom, Justin Verlander. We have Shohei Otani at five, and we have Max Freed as an honorable mention. I feel like Max Freed is good enough where it's like you could put him at, you could put him over Otani. It's kind of just preference. Um, but you definitely have to bring him up if you're talking about the best kit pitchers in the game. So that's what our top five is looking at there. Chase Isaac, what do you guys think about those those five? Um, I personally put Freed over Verlander, and then I had Otani a little higher up. But um i'm just trying to give some fresh blood to the top fives um i know justin verlander had a crazy season last year Hell, i almost even threw alec manoa or dylan cease in there i mean there's a ton of guys that could fit in that fifth spot and deservedly so these are just the guys that i decided to go with just because they have a little bit more history of being true aces and there could be some regression coming for either alec manoa or dylan cease who would have been my honorable mentions Yeah, um, so this is kind of just a consensus of what we all think. Um, I'm pretty sure it's pretty close to what I had. I had Alcantara, Burns, DeGrom, Verlander, Otani, Slash, Freed. And I really, really, really wanted to put Freed in the top five, like, just outright. But Alcantara won a Cy Young. Burns has won a Cy Young and, and had good numbers last year. DeGrom is, when healthy, arguably the best pitcher in the world. Verlander just put up a season with, like, a 179 ERA. Also won a Cy Young. Otani just had a 2-2 ERA. 2-2 ERA, going to be in the Cy Young slash MVP running every time. So um, the top five pitchers, it was kind of hard to put together, but when you really boil, like you know look into the numbers, 
um, it, it ends up becoming pretty easy. And I think it's kind of interesting too, because like we have like Sandow Contra at one, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and like he's coming off, you know, best year. He's a Cy Young winner. And then it's Jacob deGrom at three and Verlander at four. So it's kind of like weird if you look at it like that. But it's like, all right, but if Jacob deGrom's healthy, then Jacob deGrom's going to be Jacob deGrom. So that's why he's so high. We're like, also, it's kind of crazy because like last like two years, if we're ranking starting pitchers, Jacob deGrom's easily number one. Like if we would have done this the last two seasons. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't have been a question. So it's like, yeah, him falling to three, like that's that, that's still him falling. Like we might exit the season and go, yeah, Jacob deGrom's one, duh. Like that's my might be how we think it, but pitching so volatile too. So it's like it's so up and down. So I, I think it's really interesting. Um, you guys don't want to talk too much about Otani, but I feel like Otani might cement himself as like the best or one of the. He's already one of the best pitchers in the league, but I feel like he might be like winning a Cy Young either this year or next year. Like I feel like that's kind of like I feel like we always like talk about Otani and like see what his goals are and stuff. I feel like that's kind of his goal is to be like one of the the top pitchers in the game. So I think that's really, really interesting. But um, Chase, you want to, you want to list our catchers real quick? Wait, hold on. I just want to mention one more thing. I know I see someone saying that Alcantara doesn't get strikeouts. Alcantara had over 200 strikeouts. That That is, that is crazy to me. That is, that is an absurd amount of strikeouts. Sure. He didn't match his innings pitch, but he still had over 200 strikeouts. That's crazy. Um, so catchers, this is kind of, I think we all agreed. This is the, like, we didn't have any differences in our top five catchers. We had Romuto, uh, Adley Rutschman, uh, Will Smith, Sean Murphy, and then Wilson Contreras. I, I don't really think you can have another top five. I know I like Adley, but there's no way you can put him over Romuto yet. Isaac's frozen on us. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, Isaac's can, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can, can hear you, you now. Uh, yeah, so um, Rutschman had a, a fantastic year last year, put up like a five or a six war, but Real Muto put up better a better war. I believe he was like top 10, top 15 in war, so he, he also had a really good season. But those are going to be the consensus top two amongst us three. Um, Will Smith, really good at the plate. I mean, phenomenal at the plate. Whenever I see him, I mean, we play him a bunch, and and he's one of the more fearful players in that lineup. Sean Murphy just traded to the Braves. Um, one of the best defensive catchers, if not the best defensive catcher in all of baseball. Wilson Contreras, brand new to, brand new to the Cardinals, kind of replacing uh, you know, one of the greatest catchers of all time. It's going to be interesting to see how he does. But um, catcher is kind of a shit show around the league. But when when it comes to to catchers. These are the consensus top five. These guys are all pretty damn good. Yeah, and I, I don't think that – I think you could change up the order a little bit. Like, you could put Sean Murphy ahead of Will Smith. You could put Adley Rushman over Real Muto. Like, if you, like, really believed in his potential, you know. Um, the only thing I'll say that's worth kind of bringing up is I really wonder, like I, – I, I agree that, like, Will Smith should be a top five catcher. I have Matt four on my personal list um, behind Sean Murphy. But he might not – be a catcher in two years he really like might not be a catcher anymore so i think that's the interesting part with will smith is like yeah we have him as a top five catcher but um and i'm blanking on his name but like the dodgers like one of their top prospects is a catcher um so that's true we will see we will see if he's actually a catcher in a few years so that that kind of be the only thing i'd add there but uh isaac you got a you got the first baseman i got the first baseman so at first base we got paul goldschmidt fresh off an mvp 
Freddie Freeman, two years off of an MVP. Vladdy, two years off a of runner-up at MVP. Matt Olson, and then uh, Jose Abreu. Um, you guys want me to go first in terms of kind of explaining our – yeah, so Paul Goldsman well, obviously last year had a – You also need to mention why someone's not on the list. Oh, Pete Alonzo. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be straight up. I don't like Pete Alonzo. We don't like Pete Alonzo. I don't think he's that good. Um, sorry. <laughs> but Paul Goldschmidt, fresh off an MVP, of course he was going to be number one on the list. Freddie Freeman, arguably the best pure hitter in baseball, really good at attacking all side. All, I mean, yeah, great guy to gap hitter, really good at attacking all parts of the field and uh, covering all parts of the plate. Um, Vladdy, so young, fresh off. He had a pretty good season last year, but the season before is not going to be um, – one that we forget in terms of the way that he, uh, I mean, he, he was phenomenal at the plate. And if it weren't for Otani putting up Babe Ruth numbers, he would have won the MVP. Uh, Matt Olson, he didn't have that great of a year last year, but I think, I mean, I think we're all in consensus that he's going to cement himself back in this top five uh, as a consensus top five around the league. Jose Abreu also amazing with the back and it'd be a huge upgrade with the Astros. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I feel like first baseman, I, I get where the arguments could be in terms of not having Pete Alonso on the list, but like these guys are all pretty good. I mean, you could put him over, you could put him over uh, Olsen or Abreu, but the top three should clearly be the top three of how they're listed with Goldschmidt at one, Freeman at two, Vladdy at three. I guess you could flop, you could move Vladdy up if you really feel like it because I mean, Vladdy's incredible. So, um, you have that, but Goldschmidt's also coming off the best season. And I feel like for those three guys, it's just going to kind of be up and down depending on what season it is. Um, but three absolute studs. First baseman, I mean, you were you were talking about kind of how a catcher is like an awful position. First baseman's so weird because like it'll just be like, oh, look, this guy's going to plug in here and he's going to be super productive. So like you can have one of these elite guys, but also if you don't have one of these elite guys, you can still have guys that are pretty solid players. So first base is an interesting spot, but – I do feel like the top three should be pretty consensus in whatever order you put them in. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then, Matt, you got second base. Second base. All right. Second base. We got Jose Altuve, Ozzy Albies, Cattell Marte, uh, and then Jimenez and Simeon. So I feel like it's a little bit weird at this position just because. Ozzy didn't really play last year. May I mean, we're always super high on Cattell Marte too. Um, Marte was still a little bit too. He kind of had a, a little bit of a down year, I feel like. Yeah, so it's just it's such a weird position. Um, yeah, you got to have Altuve at one. That's like the only clear thing with this. Like you could change up the the rest of the top five a lot, but that's kind of what we went with. We had like very different lists i want to say for this position so it just was kind of like all right we had this guy here we had this guy here um we brought up jeff mcneil in it too but we didn't end up adding him onto it but i mean there's just a lot of guys mcneil Mc, you could put mcneil over like simeon but also like simeon just got a massive contract and then another guy kind of had like if i'm if i'm right i want to say he kind of had like a little bit of a down year so i i feel like that's a decent list i don't know what do you guys think i feel like second base is just not an exciting position like always so, like, we may be biased towards Cattell Marte because we play him a lot, and for some reason he just kills. And, I mean, he absolutely kills the Padres whenever he plays them. I mean, we've seen, I don't know, like a few two home run games where he just 
he wins the game by himself just batting. Like, okay, the Diamondbacks put up five runs on us because El Marte had all five RBIs. That's usually how it goes. And, yeah, he had a little bit of a down year. He's been dealing with some injuries. But when he's healthy, man, he's he's monstrous. I think we just put him there because of his potential that we've seen before and have dealt with. Yeah, I think it's a fair list. I think what did I have? I had Altuve. I had Altuve, Jimenez, uh, McNeil, Marte, Simeon. I left Ozzy out just because I didn't. I mean, of course he's a beast. I just didn't see too much of him last year. I know he wasn't. He wasn't playing the way Ozzy usually would before that. But um, Altuve is going to be a consensus number one amongst probably everybody. Um, Jimenez coming off the season, he put up like a six WAR. I think he was. He was phenomenal. He was so good with the, with the Guardians, and I think with um, you know, with the position they've put him in, with the organization he's with, he's only going to continue off that. Um, we have him at four here, um, and then Cattell Marte, like Chase said, every time we watch him, dude balls out. Um, and then who else was it? Oh, Marcus Simeon. He put up B War. It was like a five or six War. It was kind of a down year. He only had like a seven fifty OPS, something like that. But he'll he'll bounce back. And then who was the other guy? Uh, oh, Jeff McNeil. I mean, it was I wanted to leave Jeff Jeff McNeil off my own list, but it was too hard for me just because I mean he just won the batting title, so I, I left him on there. That's fair. Chase, shortstop. All right, we got Mr. Trey Turner, Frank Lindor, Correa, Xander, and then Juan Franco. I mean, I think a few. I think I, I basically had the same list as Isaac. I couldn't find anyone where I would move someone up or take someone down. The only one I was arguing was like maybe Correa over Lindor, but mm-hmm. it, it's like a 2A, 2B scenario. They both yeah. could be either one. Yeah, I was I so yeah that that was actually my exact list. Chase, I think we all had a consensus that 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 was going to be good to go. Trey Turner is obviously the best shortstop, not only because of his, um, you know, hitting prowess, but he's also a monster on the base paths and he's pretty good defensively. Um, I actually originally had Correa above Lindor. Did a little bit of deeper searching, ends up Lindor was seventh in WAR, had almost a seven WAR, um, was phenomenal last year was a beast and he was the heart i think he was the heart of that lineup in new york uh carlos correa only had a four war last year but before season before he was phenomenal best shortstop in the al so he's at three xander bogarts last year had made a massive improvement on the defensive end six one war wander franco i think he's gonna put up a six war this year yeah i like that wander franco take too because i feel like that, like it's oh, not yeah. like people don't think Wander Franco is good, but like Wander Franco might be thought of as like a great player in a year or two, which is it, it, and sometimes like it takes a while for like these guys because Wander Franco is one of the most hyped up prospects in quite some time. Where like yeah. he, he he's, might get there, like we don't we we got to be a little bit patient. Um, it takes a time, some time for some of these dudes. I do think we didn't mention one guy though. Um, I think honorable mention you got to put Boba Shet just because oh, he's yeah. a stud. Yeah. Um, but shortstop stacked, like shortstop's a position where you have a lot of high end players. Um, I agree with T- Trey Turner at one. I feel like people, honestly, I feel like a lot of people sleep on Trey Turner. I'll say this. I, I personally do not like Trey Turner. I, I just don't like him for some reason. Um, but like, I still agree. Like he's clearly the best shortstop in the league. So have him at one Lindor, Correa, Xander, Wander, like all studs, studs across the board at shortstop. Um, 
Isaac? What's next? We got third baseman. All right. Oh yeah, so you you get to do this one. With disclaimer, disclaimer before I start this. You get to say your personal list first. I had personal list first. My personal list was Manny Machado, Jose Ramirez, Nolan Arenado, Austin Riley, Rafael Devers. Let me tell you guys, I don't hate Nolan Arenado. You know, damn well, I don't like Nolan Arenado. Um, I'm indifferent about him, but I just hate that I see him making these plays that Manny makes in his sleep. And it's like, Nolan Arenado made the greatest play of all time. Like, what the fuck? I just saw Manny make that last week. But, um, yeah, I also just really like Jose Ramirez. I think he is a phenomenal, phenomenal player. And I think Nolan Arenado's war last year was higher. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure Jose, I, I just think Jose Ramirez is a better player. Uh, but our consensus list is Machado, Arenado, Ramirez, Riley, Devers. Machado came off a runner-up MVP last year, finishing second to um, Paul Goldschmidt. Nolan Arenado finishing third. Jose Ramirez, I'm, I, I don't know what he finished in the MVP race, but he was pretty – I think he was, like, top five. Austin Riley got a fat ex- – not even a fat extension. The Braves fleeced him. Um, and Rafael Devers just put up a six-war with Boston, so I'm, or maybe a low five. But it wasn't really hard for us to put us to put up that third base and the third base when we were all in consensus of who was going to be in our top five. I know that I was like, I know you had Arenado low, and and I definitely don't think oh Chase is Chase is gone. Chase's computer just died. <laughs> um, so so yeah, I think that um, I know that you had like you had Arenado three. I, I think Arenado has got to be two. Just because he's put up great numbers, I'm I do wonder. I do wonder what we think about third base in like three years, though, because mm-hmm. there's very clearly a top three list. Like you clearly have Machado, Arenado, and Ramirez. Like those guys are all insanely good. So yeah. I wonder how it's going to change. But I do think you got to put Arenado at two. Um, what is this? Three or four years in a row now, Machado's put up better numbers than Arenado. Um, I feel like it's pretty clear that he's the better third baseman at this point. If you think Arenado, like I, I get why people think that, but just like it hasn't yeah, been the case, it hasn't been no, the case it's, for it's not quite the some case, time. Bro. It is not, and, and he's playing against worse competition, so it's just I don't really get it all that much. Um, but moving on, left field, maybe you guys think this is biased, maybe not. Juan Soto at one, Jordan Alvarez at two, Randy Rosarena at three, Kyle Schwarber at four, and Taylor Ward at five. Um, I think some people will probably have Jordan above Soto. I feel like most baseball fans would probably have Soto above Jordan. Either way, you're getting a ridiculous slugger. Also, I know Jordan and Schwarber are more like DHs, but like we're going to put them out of position in this just because we're not doing a DH list just because it's kind of odd. Um, mm-hmm. And then Rosarena, Ward, studs there. Um, Rosarena was really good in the World Baseball Classic. I feel like another guy, we, we mentioned Wander Franco's teammate. Rosary, another guy that can continue to kind of climb up the board and this kind of stuff. But if your one, two isn't Juan Soto and you're on Alvarez, I, I don't know what to say. Doing like it that, wrong. that has to be. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. Um, yeah, Juan Soto, um, potential to probably win the MVP. Like he's honestly, I'm pretty sure he's the favorite to win the MVP in the NL. So he was he was going to be our number one. And for, for good reason. That's the Ted Williams of this of this generation. And Maybe you could argue that Jordan could be above Soto in the sense that, I mean, Jordan had an insane season at the plate last year. But 
we put him there because I don't think he plays enough games in left field to really warrant being the top left fielder in baseball. So he's not going to be number one on our list, whereas Soto is going to play almost all his games in left field. Rosarena <clears throat> had an amazing WBC, but kind of a player that just gets slept on just because he's on the Braves. Like It's going to be the same thing with Wander, even if he puts up a five or six war. Because he's on the Rays, it's not going to be talked about a lot. Schwarber, fresh off, what was it, like a 35, 40 home run season with the Phillies? Fucking stud. Not taking him out. Just absolutely insane. We should have signed him. I wish we did. But who cares? <laughs> Isaac, you remember um, we wanted him so bad? Dude, we were so high on him. We really wanted him. Um, and then Taylor Ward, we put out five. Um, maybe there, there's bias there. There's bias there. I'm not going to lie. He went to he went to a school that was like 10 minutes away from us. He's from, he's from where we're from. But he also had a pretty damn good season last year. And now he has a lot more lineup protection this year than he did last year. Hunter Renfro was added to the lineup. Ursula was added to the lineup. Um, Mike Trout's going to be back. So he has more protection, and I think he's going to have an even better year than last year. Yeah, and if the Angels are going to be good, he's a guy that's like – we always say that the Angels' complimentary, complimentary pieces aren't good. If he's good, that could go a long way for them, and that, that could be huge for them. Um, center field. Yeah. Easy center. number one. Easy number one in center field. We got Mike Trout. Julio Rodriguez, Byron Buxton, Michael Harris, and then at number five, we kind of did a combo. Either Brandon Nimmo or Brian Reynolds, whichever guy you want to take at number five. Um, I think that you're one and two. This is also another position where it should be really consistent. You should have Trout at one, and you should have Julio Rod- Rodriguez at number two. If some for some reason you don't have Trout at one, that's basically only because of injury and kind of getting older. But in terms of talent, in terms of skill set, Trout is still very clear your number one center fielder. Yeah, for sure. I mean, arguably the second best player in baseball. Um, so that that was going to be a consensus amongst all three of us. Julio Rodriguez, fresh off a, a really damn good season with the with the Mariners. I think it was like a six war, six one. Um, and he's going to be one of the cornerstones for that franchise and one of the cornerstones of baseball. Byron Buxton, honestly, if he played a full season, he'd probably be number two. But the problem is he just doesn't. Michael Harris just got a contract extension, and we're looking for big things from him. Brandon Nemo, fresh off a five-war five season. And we put slash Reynolds because, I mean, Reynolds has had some pretty good seasons, and there's a pattern going on here. Reynolds has a season with like a six-war and then a three-war or a two-war. This is – he's he was off a two-nine last year, so, you know, now he's going to put up a six this year. So um, we had to put him in the top five for sure. And you want me to do right fielders? Yeah, right fielders, last one. Right fielders, last one. So we got Aaron Judge. We had a hard time because we don't know if we want to put Bryce Harper in there, but in the event that, you know, he does come back and play some right field, because I first, I mean, he's going to be off Tommy John. I don't know if he is going to play right field at all this year, but let's say he does. He's going to be second. Um, I put Fernando Tatis Jr. at third, Mookie Betts at fourth, Ronald Acuna Jr. at fifth. Unfortunately, had to leave out Kyle Tucker, um, who's a really damn good hitter for the Astros, but maybe you could put Acuna Jr. slash Tucker. Um, but let's say Harper doesn't weren't to play any right field this year. It would be Judge, Tatis, Betts, Acuna, Tucker. And I think Chase had it a little different. Um, but, I mean, Aaron Judge is fresh off 60-plus home runs. He just won an MVP. Um, huge contract. He has to be number one. 
Fernando Tatis Jr., yeah, we understand defensively he might not be the best out there to, to begin, but the athleticism and all his tools, I think he's going to end up being a pretty damn good right fielder, and we know that he can hit 35, 40 home runs um, this year. Mookie Betts, at one point, considered the second-best player in baseball, probably still considered a top-10 player in baseball. He's had to be number three. Ronald Acuna Jr. off a really bad injury last year. Didn't have his best season, but expecting big things from him again this year to kind of put himself in the top five, top 10 MVP discussion. And then uh, if you want to put Bryce Harper in there, I mean, there there's not much to talk about. The guy is phenomenal, phenomenal. He's he's lived up to every single, to all the hype that, that you could think of, whether it be the Phenom or whatever it is. He's won an MVP twice um he's gone to the world series he's he's everything man. just a phenomenal ball player yeah yeah and I, and i think this is an interesting position as well because it's like all right you got your number number one in aaron judge just because he had such a, a ridiculous season and then kyle tucker was awesome last year but like acuna was coming back patis didn't play at all mookie has been kind of a little bit injured the last couple years but like what was it two years ago? We might have had the list, not us, but like anyone might have had the list going Tatis, Betts, and Acuna in some order as one, two, and three all over Judge. Like that, that could have been your list a couple years ago just because, and that's not to like slight Aaron Judge, like, oh, Aaron Judge wasn't good in these guys. No, like Mookie, Tatis, and Acuna have had some insanely high highs. So that's where it's tough with this stuff. And it's like, yeah, like Kyle Tucker's a beast, you know, Acuna's a beast. Like all these guys, all these, these six players that we mentioned are ridiculous like superstars you know so it, it's just interesting on how you how you list it because say where we have a tatis you have kyle tucker like okay i could get behind that because we're looking at it from a tatis hasn't played right field that much kyle tucker has but then if you're looking at it from like a projection standpoint okay well we're thinking both acuna and tatis are going to bounce back if mookie's healthy mookie is one of the very best players in the league so it, it really just like this is a it's a very odd position to rank. And I remember we when we were ranking the the position last year, it was also really odd. And then I want to say it's either after after we're Kyle, we have Kyle Tucker ranked, or maybe there's one more guy. There is a insane drop off in right field. Like you have the super elite players, and then it just falls off a cliff, and there's like no one after that. So it's a it's a really odd position, but I, I think that you have maybe the most stacked crew in right field. Would you say that probably the best position in the league? Yeah, I mean, just stars on stars on stars, man. That's that's one of the most fun positions in baseball. I'm glad because right field used to be the place that you just kind of threw someone, unless you were yeah. like, unless you were a lefty. Um, then obviously, be out there. You had a uh, um, Ichiro was out there sometimes. I mean, there's been some pretty good players in right field, but I don't think right field's ever been as good as it is right now. Yeah. Um... I see uh, there's some people talking in the in the comments about different guys. Uh, I don't understand how Mookie Bags drops in people's top 10, but Trout doesn't. Hey, dude, if people don't have Trout in their top 10, I, I don't know. I saw a list, and I think we talked about this on the show. Do you remember that list I saw where they had Real Muto over Harper? And they had, like, Trout, like, super, oh, super, yeah, super no, low? that was ridiculous. People are, like, are going to factor in, yeah. I mean, people are going to factor Trout's injuries, but he's kind of like DeGrom in the sense that he's still one of the top players in the world if if not you know one of if not one of the top five um definitely one of the top 10 <laughs> yeah yeah all right isaac i feel like that's probably gonna do it tonight yeah 
Yep, that's it. Good to go. All right, guys. Um, we'll talk to y'all soon. We will be back on Wednesday. We'll just post a video and then opening day post post game stream probably like evening time, like five thirty, not like right after the game ends. Because so I think it's like slated at like one o'clock. I want to say on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously depending on the rain, but right. we'll be doing a stream then. Um, also for that game. We will also be doing a giveaway as well. So make sure to hop in that later on in the stream. We'll do that. I'll tweet, post some stuff on YouTube about that as well. But we will be doing a, a two-ticket giveaway also. So thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you all soon. And baseball is right around the corner. So exciting stuff. Um, but, yeah, have a great night, everyone. And we'll see you all on Wednesday and hopefully Thursday. Really hopefully hoping Thursday because raining out opening day, like that's – I feel like that's just like – not a good idea like not a good sign right like that's just kind of mm-hmm. like sus <laughs> especially like how superstitious baseball is like that's not yeah, for sure. um but yeah all right guys have a great night we'll talk to y'all soon